Good morning. Good morning, everyone. As Gino said, my name is Lauren, and I'm the prayer ministry coordinator here at the SSV. I'm really happy to see everybody's faces here in person. I also wanted to say hello to everybody joining us online and know that you're always welcome to join us here in person as well. A special thank you to any first-time visitors. I have seen some new faces today or second-time visitors. And if you are a first or second-time visitor or just new around here, I just want to welcome you to stick around after service and introduce yourself to someone because we really want to get to know you. So uh, as Pastor Gino said, we are in a current sermon series called Explore, and we are basing this series off of the world-famous Alpha Course. And um, this course does an amazing job of covering life's biggest questions about life, faith, and meaning. And um, this course really does a great job of laying out the foundations of Christian basics. But the, the topics are not just good for people who are new to faith or people who are just like peeking in the window of the Christian faith. I think that these questions that we have a chance to ask and answer are really great for seasoned followers of Jesus because it gives us an anchor of truth for our faith. And it also can give us some language to use with people who might ask us questions questions about our faith. So last week, Pastor Gino, Gino opened us up with a message asking, is there more to life than this? The this being the space between our birth and the end of our life here on earth, and the answer is a resounding yes. And Jesus presents himself as the more because he is the way, the truth, and the life. So this morning, I'm delighted to be speaking to you about the topic of prayer. And if you're a regular around here, you may remember that it was a few short weeks ago that Pastor Gino opened us up with a message from our uh, Something Precious series on persistent prayer. And the topic of prayer is a thread that runs through the entire Bible. And so it will be a thread that runs through our teachings here as we teach on the Bible. So when I was asked which week I'd like to speak on in the Explore series, I was very quick to choose prayer. I just adore prayer. Since becoming a Christian, it has been, become my most favorite thing to do. As we were worshiping and experiencing the presence of God, that it was just a reminder of how much I just love being in communication and fellowship with God who loves me, and he reminded me before I came up to preach that his thoughts of us outnumber the grains of sand. That he is thinking about us so much that we should be thinking about him just a fraction of the amount of time, right? I feel like there's so much depth and richness and so many facets to prayer that one sermon would really just scratch the surface of the topic of prayer. And there's, there simply will always be more to say about prayer. I'm so confident that I'm going, on, going to go on to share more and more messages about prayer because it's so important. Prayer is the most important activity of our Christian lives. We were created to be in relationship with God. And prayer, at its core, is communication with God. And just like communication with people here on earth 
is the way in which we grow and build our relationships. So it is with God the way we grow and build our relationships with him. So prayer is foundational and it's essential to our walk in our Christian lives. And as we dive into the message this morning, it's be my goal to answer two questions. Why do we pray? And how do we pray? In a message I am simply calling, why and how do we pray? <laughs> but before we attempt to answer those questions, I'm going to start with, can you guess? Prayer. A prayer. Okay. Lord, thank you for another opportunity to come together to worship you. God, we don't, we don't take for granted how blessed we are to have this space to gather in and each other to gather with and to hear from and to encounter you. I pray that we each encounter you this morning during this message. Would you help this message to land in just the right way with each one listening? Would you use me to share your will for prayer in our lives? More of you, Lord, and less of me. In Jesus' name, amen. So why do we pray? Well, as I already mentioned, prayer is the means to a relationship with God, right? But also we're followers of Jesus, right? And last week, Gino said that we are disciples of disciples of disciples of disciples of disciples of Jesus, right? And so in the Bible, just as Jesus' disciples looked to him as a frame of reference of how they should be living their lives, us as Christians should be looking to Jesus as a reference of how we should be living our lives. So we should pray because Jesus prayed. All through scripture, we can see Jesus praying to his father. Mark 1.35 reads, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Luke 6.12, One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. Luke 9.18, One day Jesus left the crowds to pray alone. I'm struck by how Jesus would pray anytime. Time and time again, he would go to his father and pray. He would just peace out whenever, and he would go by himself. He would often slip away into the wilderness to pray. We read about him leaving the house in the dark of the morning to go pray in solitude. Jesus would also stop in the middle of the day. We read about in Gethsemane how he would tell his disciples, guys, you just sit right there, I'm going to go over here and pray. So there didn't seem to be any parameters around prayer for Jesus. It was pray whenever I needed to pray, and pray often. So if we're following the example of Jesus, Jesus set a wonderful example of why we should pray. But can I be honest here? It's only a compelling reason if you are already following and trusting Jesus. I gave my life to Christ over eight years ago, and I already trust him. I've spent enough time trying to do my own thing and realizing that doesn't work, and then trying to do it Jesus' way and realizing, wow, that really worked out better. So if you tell me, pray because Jesus said so, I'm like, okay, I trust him. But I bet that there are some people here today who don't yet have that relationship, who don't yet have that trust built with him, and so praying because Jesus said so might not be as compelling of a reason. So perhaps a more compelling reason 
would be the rewards of prayer. Now, when I say that prayer is communication with God, it's not simply an exchange of information, right? There is something that is left behind with us when we pray, and that is the rewards of prayer. So maybe this is news to you, rewards, like do I need to enter my phone number somewhere? I mean, I'm the rewards queen. Anything I can do to save a buck or get a deal, sign me up. Just so you know, if you go to Speedway, every, you buy six iced teas, the seventh one is free. <laughs> hashtag speedy rewards, hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> but no, God does not need your phone number. So what are the rewards of prayer? The rewards of prayer are peace and joy. In John 16, 24, Jesus says, Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. So joy is one reward of prayer. Next, Philippians 4, we read, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So another reward of prayer is peace. But not just regular run-of-the-mill peace. Peace that exceeds anything we can understand. But I want to go back to Speedway for a minute here. So the way they have designed this reward system is to get you in the habit of coming in every day. Whether you're going in there for a coffee or an iced tea or a big gulp of Diet Coke, you go in there every day and you see the rewards points racking up and then boom, you get a freebie. Now this is not how God's economy works. It doesn't work quite that way. Like pray six times and on the seventh time you get peace. <laughs> but it needs to be noted that it's not the single act of prayer that brings rewards. It is the habit of prayer that brings peace and joy. In Philippians, we read, pray about everything, not pray about one thing. So these rewards of prayer, they come when we engage in a lifestyle of prayer. Now, perhaps a more compelling than rewards of prayer are the results of prayer. Let's look at a short passage from Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 7. And there are Bibles at the edges of your row. Also feel free to engage in your digital Bibles, and we'll display them on the screen as well. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks on the, do the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? So one of the ultimate reasons to pray is to receive what we're asking for or to find what we're seeking. These are the results of prayer. And the more that we pray, the more opportunity we get to see 
God answering prayers. And man, the more that I see God answering prayers, the more I want to pray. But you don't need to be in this prayer game very long to discover that God does not always answer prayers. Or maybe a better way of saying that is God's answer to prayer is not always yes. You can think of God's answer to prayers as a traffic light. Green means yes. My child, here's the answer to your prayer. That's the most fun one, right? I mean, have you ever been fervently praying over something and then you see an amazing breakthrough? Or maybe it's a job you've been praying for and then you get the job. Um, even in, in small things. Has anybody ever prayed for a parking spot? Yeah. So, so while I was preparing this message, I reached out to, to people in the congregation for some testimonies on answered prayer. Um, and I've got a, a couple testimonies on green light prayer. Now, Ananda is uh, our, our kids' ministry uh, assistant, and she shared that she had gotten an MRI that revealed a mass on her ovary. And this was not a typical cyst that occurs on ovary. It was an abnormal mass. And she received healing prayer. Then she received blood work, and the blood work came back with no indicators of cancer markers. But then she received an ultrasound, and the mass was no longer there. So this is an example of green light, God answered prayer. Now, Mike, shared with, Mike Wilson shared with me a story about years ago he had a difficult coworker, And it wasn't just like a guy who wasn't fun to work with. It was someone who was actually making his work environment intentionally more difficult. And like good followers of Jesus, he and his wife began to pray for this man. God, would you bless this man with a new job <laughs> that, that makes more money and that's closer to home? God, would you bless this man with a new job that makes more money that's closer to home? Well, what ended up happening was that Mike got a new job that made more money that was closer to home. So there's an example of a green light answer to prayer that came out a little bit differently than they were expecting. So red means no. I think you think you know what you want, but I know better. And, and sometimes in hindsight, we're thankful for the red lights. Um, Allison, our kids ministry coordinator, she shared a testimony with me about when she went to college and she was studying social work. And she had set up her coursework to perfectly line up with an opportunity for an internship in a semester abroad, okay? And for that three years leading up to that internship, she was praying, God, please, let, please give me this internship abroad. Please give me this opportunity for this internship abroad. Well, when it came to her senior year, the program had been discontinued. Um, but the way that she had set up her schedule of coursework, she ended up being pigeonholed into an internship in Chicago. And when she attended this internship in Chicago, it just happened to be the time and the city where she met a young Moody Bible Institute man by the name of John Middleman, who ended up becoming her husband and father to her four children. Now, sometimes we're never going to know why there's a red light. 
And in those times, we just need to trust God and his love for us and his good plans and goodwill for our lives. Now, yellow means wait. Now is not the right time. And yellow might be the hardest one. I mean, because you're praying for something, and you're, you're sure this is God's will. You're, it's good, and it's right. And maybe, maybe this is easier for the rest of you, but me, I struggle with patience. And in the yellow light situations, God is asking us to be patient, like your answer is coming, but just trust in my timing. So Mike shared another great testimony with me about a yellow light answer to prayer. Years ago, he was at a conference, and he prayed for a married couple. And as he was praying, he got a vision of a rocking chair. And so he just said it. He said, I see a rocking chair. And the wife started to weep. And she said, we've been praying and praying to have a second child. And I sit in that rocking chair, and I pray for that child, but it has been years. And honestly, we have given up hope. And so Mike prayed for them, prayed that they would become pregnant, prayed that they would welcome a child, and then he left. A couple years later, he ran into the husband, and he discovered that they did become pregnant shortly after that prayer, and that they welcomed their second child. Not all prayers are answered in our timing, but God still hears them, and he may be planning to answer them in his timing. I received so many more testimonies about God's answers to prayer, prayers of provision, houses, divine wisdom. I just wish we could like pass around the mic and listen all morning to the goodness of God because the results of prayer are an amazing reason to pray. But some of you might ask, how can I be sure that it's really God answering prayers? I mean, couldn't this just be coincidence? And as a class A skeptic myself, I can tell you I get that. And that was really the foundation of my atheism for years. Like, how do you know that's God, right? Well, the truth is that you cannot prove the existence of God by the answers to prayers. But what I found was that when I started praying, stuff started happening. And there's a great quote from William Temple, the former Archbishop of Canterbury. He says, when I pray, coincidences happen, and when I don't, they don't. <laughs> and there's so many wonderful and compelling reasons to pray. But more than knowing that whether or not we should pray, many of us might struggle with how do we pray. How do we pray? And this is where we could go on for weeks and weeks on all the different ways that we can pray. And there's many helpful templates and models on how to pray. We've got the help, thanks, wow prayer model, where we ask God for our needs, help, we thank him for our blessings, thanks, and we praise him and we worship him for his awesomeness. Wow. Um, another model is sorry, thanks, please. Um, where we begin our prayers with confession, that's the sorry part, followed by thanking God for our blessings, thanks, and then asking him for what we need, that's the please part. Um, there's prayer models with acronyms such as ACTS, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, or pray, praise, repent, ask, and yield, and then we have the ultimate prayer model, 
in the Lord's Prayer, which we can find in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. Pray like this, our Father, so we're speaking to God, our Father, may your name be kept holy. This is, there's a reverence or a holiness to the name of God. May your kingdom come soon, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're asking for and we're trusting God's will for our lives. Give us today the food that we need. This is where we're asking God for what we need. And, f- and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. We confess that we're still sinners. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. God, help us not to sin again. Now, all of these models of prayer, they have some various similarities and some slight differences. But I think the main takeaway is that none of them are one-dimensional. Now, I searched and searched, and I could not find a prayer model that just said, gimme. We should never just be coming to God with our asks, our wants, our needs alone. We need to acknowledge his holiness. And we also need to acknowledge all that he's already done for us. And you know that as we do that, sometimes the wants that we have begin to shrink in comparison to how immensely he's already blessed us. This is such an important aspect of prayer that it happens to be the way that I start my prayers all the time. I start with thanksgiving. And you'd be amazed that once you begin speaking out your blessings, like once you begin thanking God for your blessings, more and more blessings begin to come to your mind. And as the blessings begin to stack up, Your love for him, your amazement in his power begins to grow bigger in your heart. And that those those desires, those deficits begin to grow smaller in comparison with his love and awesomeness. So with a grateful heart and awe of our loving father, our needs become smaller. We also need to acknowledge our sin. And and you may be thinking, but when I came to saving, you know, salvation, my sins were forgiven, right? When I accept Jesus, our sins are washed clean, so why are we talking about sin now? And, And that's true, but Jesus gave us a wonderful illustration in the Gospel of John. We're shown how Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. And when he gets to his disciple Peter, Peter says, oh, no, 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 you can't wash my feet. I can't let you wash my feet, Jesus. And Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, Peter, you won't be a part of me. So Peter changes his tune. He's like, okay, yes, wash my feet, wash my face, wash my hands, wash everything, Lord. And Jesus says, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except the feet to be entirely clean. So for some context here, these men, they're wearing sandals, like open, strappy sandals, right? And they're walking through Egypt. They're walking through dirt roads. They're walking through fields. They're walking through manure. And so you might be able to get through your day in ancient Israel, keeping your body kind of hygienic, but you cannot escape a day with clean feet. And just as the disciples pick up dirt dirt and mud and manure as they walk through their days, so do we pick up transgressions 
as we walk through ours. Anger, unforgiveness, lust. The list goes on and on. There's a great prayer that reads, Dear Lord, so far I've done all right. I haven't gossiped, I haven't lost my temper, haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. I'm really glad about that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm going to need a lot more help. You see, we have been washed clean and we have been forgiven of our sin. Our bodies are clean, but as we go through our days, we pick up some stuff that we have to acknowledge. We have to acknowledge and we have to repent of as we come to God in prayer so that Jesus can wash our feet in continued forgiveness. But this... This all, does this all sound like a lot, lot, like it's some combination code that if we don't dial it in just right, we won't unlock the power of prayer and that God isn't going to hear us? That's not the case at all. Does anybody have a best friend who, who, who starts conversations like you can read their mind? Like, I ended up going with the blue ones because they really made the shutters pop. Shut, blue, shut, what are you talking Oh, right. The last time we were talking, you were at Home Depot. You were buying flowers for your flower boxes. Right. Or maybe it's your spouse. Well, he couldn't fit us in this week, but we ended up getting an appointment for next um, Friday at, at 9 a.m. He who? What appointment are you talking about? Oh, right. The roofer. We were talking last night about getting an estimate for the roof. So, you see, our communication with God is much like our communication with our best friends or with our spouses. It's this ongoing, constant back and forth that's punctuated by many interruptions. So, do I sit down and march through every step of a prayer model every time I pray? No, I don't. I mean, I do take intentional time to set apart, and, and sometimes I do do that, but a lot of the time throughout my day, I'm just shouting up prayers. I'm asking for forgiveness in the moment. Like, God, I'm sorry I yelled at my kids. Please forgive me. I'm asking for help in the moment. Like, God, help me with my patience right now. I might be sending up praise in the moment. Like, God, that is a beautiful sunset. You are such an artist. Or I'm sending up gratefulness. Like, God, thank you for this air conditioning on a sweltering hot day. And of course, there are soul-ask prayers, like, God, bless this printer and make it work in Jesus' name. <laughs> you see, when we're communicating with God on a regular basis, we can make an effort to include all of these different aspects to prayer in our greater conversation. And unlike spouses or best friends, God can actually read our mind. So he knows exactly where to pick up the conversation. Now, I want this to be really accessible to everyone, and I don't want to leave with a more complicated view of prayer than it needs to be. So I think what all of these things boil down to is really three key things that I'm going to borrow from Brother Luigi, a Benedictine monk. And he says to keep it simple, keep it honest, and keep it going. Keep it simple. Some, of, some people's biggest barrier to prayer is that they think it has to be somewhat eloquent and beautiful. 
And maybe this is something that they have constructed in their own mind, or maybe it's because they have heard other people who have these beautiful, eloquent, articulate prayers. And there is nothing wrong with praying eloquently. Some people are poetic like that. But the best way, the best thing for us to do could be to keep it simple, to get to the point of what we're trying to say without needing to dress it up with flowery language. Like, God, you're awesome. God, your creation is stunning. God, I'm sorry I lied. God, help me be more patient, please. God can hear us no matter how we speak to him, so why not keep it simple so that that's one less barrier to praying to God? We've also got to keep it honest. I don't know if maybe you felt that you need to be in a particular mood to pray, Like, you've got to get calm and serene. You need to feel super holy. You need to be ushering in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I love that type of prayer. I really do. But I cannot wait to feel that way every time I pray. Because we cannot predict our moods. We can't predict our feelings. So keeping it honest is recognizing where we are, how we feel right now, and starting right there. Like, God, I'm frustrated. I've got this anger rising up in me, and I need your help now. Or, Lord, I'm sad. Like, I don't see you here anywhere. I need to see you. Please show me where you are in all of this. Or, God, I'm scared. Like, I know that you say I'm not supposed to be anxious, that I'm not supposed to be worried, but I'm really anxious, and I'm really worried, and I need you right now. We need to keep it honest by not waiting to feel a certain way or look a certain way to come to God. We should come to God where we are and how we are in the moment we are. And finally, we need to keep it going. That means don't stop praying. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 reads, Never stop praying. It's pretty straightforward, right? Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. So we should be praying at all times, all throughout our days. We should be praying alone, but we should also be praying with others. Jesus said, for where two or three are gathered, in my name, I am there among them. As Christian believers, when we gather together, we should be praying together. Jesus even prayed with others. So he's not only asking us to pray with others, he's an example of praying with others. And I know that it can be awkward if you're new to it. When I first came to the SSV and I was attending small groups, I was happy to sit and let everybody else pray. Um, But as I was discipled over time and and asked to kind of step out of my comfort zone, I began to become more and more comfortable and, and really enjoy praying out loud with others. And maybe you have a more introverted bend, and it might take a little bit longer for you to get comfortable with that. But I tell you, you will. And that it's really powerful and uplifting to pray with other people. 
So let's pull this up to all together, and worship team, you can come back up. Prayer is so foundational to our Christian lives. It is truly the most important aspect of our Christian faith. I mean, how amazing is it that we even have the opportunity to communicate with and have a relationship with our creator, the creator of the universe? And, and if you're here today or if you're watching online and you don't have that relationship yet, it's available to you. And we'll have an opportunity at the end of service if you're ready to take that step. We have the beautiful example of Jesus. The beautiful example that Jesus set for us on how we should incorporate prayer into our lives. He prayed often. He prayed alone. He prayed with others. He prayed in the morning, planned. He prayed unplanned in the middle of the day. Prayer comes with rewards in the form of joy, abundant joy, and peace that surpasses all understanding. These are gifts that we receive simply by engaging in prayer. But not only are there rewards of prayer, there's also results of prayer. God is always answering our prayers, whether it's yes, no, or wait. The results of prayer are another gift to us. Whether it's getting what we want or getting what we actually need. God is always faithful to answer prayers. There's so many ways we can pray and there's really no wrong way to pray. But we just need to remember to keep it simple, keep it honest, and keep it going. And as we keep our conversation with God going throughout our days, we should bring him our thanks. We should bring him our praise. We should bring him our apologies. And we should bring him our requests. So how can we take this home today and start living it out? Well, we should try and carve some intentional time every day to meet with God, to have a conversation with God, but we should also try and begin seeing God throughout our days. We should start looking for him. Think about where you see the goodness of God in your day and begin thanking him for it, like right then in that moment. Like, God, thank you for blessing me with these friends. If you go home tonight and you have a movie night on the couch, like, God, thank you for this cozy couch and this quiet evening. Think about the awesomeness of God and praise him for it. Like, God, these leaves falling off the tree are so beautiful. You are such an amazing artist. Look at these children you created. Thank you so much. But also remember God when you're falling short and when you're struggling. Like, I'm sorry, God, that I cursed. Help me, God, control my tongue. God, I'm sorry that I lied to my boss. Lord, help me to be more confident and more honest. 
Pray for the little stuff, like the broken printer or the lost shoe, but also pray for the big stuff, like babies and marriages and healing diseases. Prayer is awesome. I love prayer. And it will be one topic that I will probably just never stop talking about. Because when you see and experience the power of prayer, it's just kind of hard to shut up about it. Prayer has the power to transform. And, and mostly it's transformation that happens inside of us. But prayer also has the power to transform circumstances. Prayer heals. Prayer delivers. And prayer brings about miracles. So if you haven't started praying, you should start now. And if you have started praying, you should keep praying and pray more. And the worship team is going to lead us in one final song. And in place of our usual sing-along worship, we're going to pray. Pray out loud or pray silently. Pray in your prayer language. Sit down and pray. Stand up and pray. Kneel and pray or lay down and pray. The altar will be open. Sing out your praises. Give, give gratitude. Make your confessions and make your requests. 